It's Tuesday, May the 12th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, COVID re-emerges in Wuhan, and Iran's navy suffers an accident. First, the world in brief. Five cases of COVID-19 were reported in Wuhan, the Chinese city where COVID-19 first appeared. It was the first cluster to emerge since the city came out of a strict lockdown on April 8th. Experts warn that as any country lifts restrictions, a resurgence of infections is likely. A single new cluster in South Korea quickly racked up 94 cases. President Donald Trump complained that Democrats were loosening restrictions designed to curb the spread of COVID-19 too slowly. He singled out Pennsylvania, a battleground state with a Democratic governor. Tom Wolfe tweeted back, The politicians who are encouraging us to quit the fight are acting in a most cowardly way. Meanwhile, the White House belatedly required its staff to wear face masks. Iranian officials announced the deaths of at least 19 people in a friendly fire accident on Sunday during a navy exercise involving two vessels. Accidents are not uncommon in Iran's armed forces. In January, the Revolutionary Guard Corps shot down a Ukrainian airline's aircraft, killing all 176 people on board in what it called an error. Security forces in Afghanistan arrested three members of the South Asian branch of Islamic State, the militant group's small local affiliate. It operates mainly in northeastern Afghanistan, but has also conducted attacks in Kabul. Those arrested include the regional head, Abu Omar Khorasani, as well as its spy chief. Profits collapsed at Marriott International in the first three months of the year. One of the largest hotel chains in the world with some 7,420 properties, Marriott announced that net income fell by nearly 92% year-on-year to just $31 million in the first quarter. Hyatt, another big chain, announced plans to restructure and lay off 1,300 staff around the world. Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Group announced plans to sell 25 million shares in Virgin Galactic, a space tourism startup, to raise more than $400 million in cash to help bail out its airlines Virgin Atlantic and Virgin Australia and its other businesses. Some analysts think the move foolhardy. Sir Richard once quipped, if you want to be a millionaire, start with a billion dollars and launch a new airline. And Tim Hortons, Canada's coffee and donuts goliath, received an undisclosed investment from Tencent, a Chinese tech giant. Hortons mentioned plans to expand its presence in China from 50 to 1,500 shops. Coffee consumption is still growing in China, but in April, trading in the fastest-growing local chain, Luckin Coffee, was suspended after the firm was caught having fudged its turnover by $309 million. And now, here's today's agenda. Show us the money, Trump's taxes. Two showdowns over the scope of presidential power reach the Supreme Court today. The justices will consider, via live-streamed telephone hearings, President Donald Trump's quest to keep his financial records secret. In April 2019, three congressional committees subpoenaed years of Mr. Trump's records from his banks and accountants. Lawmakers say the information could help them craft stronger ethics laws and guard against foreign influence in elections. Several months later, the Manhattan District Attorney issued subpoenas for Mr. Trump's financial records and tax returns for a grand jury investigation into a 
alleged hush money payments to paramours. Mr Trump's lawyers call both endeavours unprecedented. Efforts to rifle through the president's personal financial history, they say, are designed only to score political points. New York's prosecutor counters that presidents would be above the law if they could not be investigated while in office. Precedent is not friendly to Mr Trump's plea. When Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton faced other predicaments involving the separation of powers, the Supreme Court decided against both unanimously. A Wisconsin Speciality – Pandemic Elections Voters in northern Wisconsin cast ballots today in a special election. They will pick a representative for the 7th Congressional District after Sean Duffy, the incumbent, quit. Last month, Wisconsin controversially held statewide polls despite the coronavirus pandemic. Voters today may again cast ballots in person, though many have opted for postal ones. In a mostly rural district, Tom Tiffany, a Republican, should defeat Trisha Zunker, a Democrat. Either way, the winner will only serve for a few months as the race will be rerun in November. Watch for the margin of victory. In the past decade, the district has leaned Republican by eight percentage points more than the national average. President Donald Trump won there by 20 points in 2016. By piling up such rural support, he narrowly took the state's electoral college votes. The Democrats hope a closer result today will indicate they have momentum and a good chance to retake Wisconsin as well as the White House come November. Dragon Tamed Chinese Inflation Official data released today showed a further slowdown in inflation. The Consumer Price Index for April rose 3.3% year-on-year, even lower than the 3.6% a survey of Chinese economists had predicted. That is down from 5.4% in January, which was the highest monthly reading since 2011. The moderation is largely thanks to falling prices for food, especially meat, which has recovered from a virus-induced supply shock. Inflation is likely to stay muted in the short term. Income per person dipped by 3.9% in the first quarter year-on-year year as firms cut wages or laid off workers. That will crimp demand. Unemployment, meanwhile, may have climbed to 15% or higher by unofficial estimates. Last month, a prominent Chinese broker, doubtless under government pressure, retracted a claim that the jobless rate had hit 20%. For the newly unemployed, a slightly more affordable basket of goods will provide only limited solace. Disconnected Vodafone reports earnings Telecommunications companies were not spared in March's stock market route. By March 20th, an industry index tracked by Standard & Poor's, a ratings agency, had fallen by 24% since the beginning of the year. Investors had good reason to worry. Large carriers reported hits to revenues from lost subscriptions and shop closures. Vodafone, which reports first quarter earnings today, will likely be no exception. The company's shares have remained stubbornly flat, and it faces threats beyond those created by the pandemic and telecoms mask-torching 5G conspiracy theorists. Last week, O2 and Virgin Media announced a $38.9 billion merger, marrying together mobile, broadband and entertainment offerings in a tie-up that could prove a formidable competitor for Vodafone in Britain. And there is worse news from India. Last month, Vodafone had to rush payment for a $200 million fine into its Indian joint venture to prevent its collapse from a coronavirus-induced slump in revenue. Damage Control – Allianz's Results 
Today, Europe's largest insurer announces its first quarter results. Investors expect downbeat news. Last week, the 130-year-old firm scrapped its earnings target for 2020 and said it expects operating profits of 2.3 billion euros, 2.5 billion dollars over the three months, 24% less than in the same period last year. Like other insurers, Allianz is being hit by a double whammy. With millions of companies' operations disrupted amid worldwide lockdowns, it faces pressure from clients and governments to fork out huge sums in business interruption payouts to which they claim Allianz's policies entitle them. Court battles loom. The firm, which is the second largest active investor in the world, also saw its investment portfolio hobbled during the March market rout. Well capitalized and diversified in its businesses, Allianz is more solid than most insurers, as Fitch, a ratings agency, recently confirmed. But it has weaknesses too. Euler Hermes, a credit insurance provider it owns, could suffer if too many companies default. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Yogi Berra, who was born on this day in 1925. If the world were perfect, it wouldn't be. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.